0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruby Rogues. My name is John Epperson. In our panel today, we have Luke Stutters. Hello. And myself. And today, we are interviewing Emily Ghirlio. And I apologize because I forgot to ask how to pronounce your last name. So (laughs) let me know if I botched that too bad.
1: (laughs) No worries. It's uh, Gerleo, but nobody pronounces it correctly. So it is all right.
0: (laughs) Well, now that I've heard it, I can attempt it with uh, much better success hopefully in the future <laughs> well so Emily would you uh, give us a quick intro as to you know who you are and maybe why you're famous a little bit
1: um sure so my name is Emily Truleo as we said until literally a couple weeks ago I worked at MongoDB and I helped maintain the Ruby driver for MongoDB and the mongoid object document mapper. And I am not famous, but I contributed a talk to the virtual RailsConf this spring called three, successfully onboarding a junior engineer in three steps. And I believe that is why I am here.
0: I, uh that is is part yeah. of the background we have here. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv premium. It's interesting that you say you work on Mongo and you know Mongo and MongoDB. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people will have opinions, myself included, <laughs> on, on the use of Mongo. But thank you very much for contributing to that. So the fact that it exists is important. Can you talk a little bit about what you did or what you said in your talk? Just kind of maybe summarize a little bit, maybe give us like the three steps to successfully onboarding a junior engineer. Maybe we can go from there.
1: For sure. So when you hire a junior engineer, it's really important to set them up for success because, and I say junior engineer here because as someone gets more experienced, I think they learn how to set themselves up for success. But when you have a new Engineer who's in their you know first or second job, they are going to need more guidance, um, and they are going to do better if you set up an environment where they are able to succeed. And so, I think to set them up for success, you want to hit three main goals. So the first is that you want to make them an autonomous contributor on your team. The second is that you want to make them confident in their own abilities, and the third is that you want to develop trust between that new engineer and you assuming you are their manager or mentor in this role. And so in my talk, I lay out three steps that you and your team can take to accomplish these goals, which are setting expectations, providing feedback, and then assessing the performance of the new engineer. And so that's sort of the outline of the talk.
0: And in in your experience so far... Are people good at achieving these goals or bad? <laughs> I shouldn't say people. Are organizations good at achieving these goals or bad?
1: So that's a great question. And I like your distinction between organizations and people because I think that sometimes organizations can be bad at achieving these goals, and which is where the people step in. So sometimes you'll have a really dedicated team member who sees that there's this gap in the onboarding process and says, hey, I'm going to like take these junior engineers under my wing and just make sure that they get through their first few months at this job. But ultimately, I think what this talk is encouraging and what people should be striving for is having a process like this baked into every new hire so that there's consistency across the organization and everyone has a good experience no matter what team they're on or who their mentor is. So I think like, People can be good at this, but organizations tend to not formalize this process until they get pretty big and have people who's, whose job it is to like really think about this stuff.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I, I know that I have found myself being one of the people that focuses on closing that gap personally. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I'm kind of half processing mm-hmm. it right now. All right. So I guess to kind of deep, dig in a little bit, like... How has your experience been? Like, has it been that, I mean, does your experience line up? Is it mostly across the board, pretty negative, like out there? Is it mostly across the board positive with like maybe, you know, just some problematic places? Or is it like, we're kind of like figuring it out? And like, I guess, what's your assessment sort of of what it really is like? Your take?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. So I think, I think my experience has been mostly positive. And once again, I think that's because I've had the chance to work with some truly awesome people. And, and so when things have fallen through the cracks, I feel like there have always been people I could rely on to sort of help me out and make sure I knew what I was doing and had the tools I needed to succeed. But I definitely have like some funny stories about (laughs) things that have happened that kind of contributed to this talk. So one example in my talk, I talk about giving feedback. And in that section, I talk a little bit about how it's important to give feedback that's both positive and as well as negative. And so I think it's really easy when a junior engineer is just starting, you know, you see a bunch of stuff that they aren't quite doing right uh, because they don't really know what they're doing, but that's okay. And you tell them like, oh, you could improve by doing this, this, and this. But when you see the things they're doing correctly, you don't really say anything, because that's just your expectation. And you don't realize that by not communicating the things they're doing well, to them, it kind of comes off as just, they're doing things badly, and they haven't really like accomplished anything or done anything well since they started this job. So one thing that happened to me is, in the first month at my, um, at my first job, I shipped something that like really took the site down in a very gnarly way like it would go down then we get it back up and then it would go back down again like seemingly randomly (laughs) over the course of an entire weekend Um, and I felt felt terrible and I spent the entire weekend fixing it and when I came back to work on Monday I was mortified and I was like so sure that I was going to get fired (laughs) and I went about my work like this for maybe like two weeks thinking like any second now, someone's going to be like, hey, we have to talk so that I can kick you out of this company. And finally, I had a one-on-one with my manager. And I sort of, I got the courage to just ask him point blank, you know, I really messed up this thing. Is Are you going to fire me over it? Like, should I be worried? And he laughed <laughs> in my face and was like, no, of course not. We take down the site all the time. It happens. And he said, I think the magic words, which were, we really appreciate the time you took to fix it once you realized that you were the one who had broken it. And I feel like, and and so ultimately they had gone about the past two weeks thinking I was great because I had taken responsibility for this problem and actually gone to fix it. But no one had stopped to say, Hey, thanks for dealing with this. And so I thought they thought I was an idiot for bringing the site down. And so it, to me, that illustrates the, the difference in perspective that you know, 5, 10, 20 years can make in a career. And it's real and why it's so important to communicate all of that feedback very directly with a junior engineer, instead of just assuming that they know what you're thinking. So